0: Ask the Podcast Coach for July 2nd, 2022.
1: Let's get ready to
0: podcast. There it is. It's that music that means, hey, it's Saturday morning. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting.com. And joining me right over there in his red Nebraska shirt, the one and only... Jim Cullison from the TheAverageGuy.tv. Jim, how's it going, buddy?
2: Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. If only we could, maybe we'll put a championship football team together someday. <laughs> but happy 40th anniversary for the safety dance. 40 years ago. really? 40 years ago, safety dancing.
0: You can dance if you want to, right? And you can leave your friends behind. But if your <laughs> friends don't dance. And if they don't dance. Well, then they're no friends of mine holy cow yikes now the fun thing is i can remember at least that's as much of it as i remember and yet if you ask me my zip code i have to go wait uh, for something mm-hmm. um yeah mm-hmm. so but you yeah. know what would wake yeah, gets, me up to get that memory going that's right a coffee cup mm-hmm. of coffee there we go and of course that uh coffee pour is brought to you by our good friend mark over at podcastbranding.co. if um If you need an artwork, if you need a website, if you need a lead magnet, if you need anything to look good, well, then you gotta go over to podcastbranding.co. Mark is an award-winning graphic artist who does phenomenal work. If you don't believe me, go look at the School of Podcasting, go look at the Podcast Rodeo Show, look at Ask the Podcast Coach. All those logos were done with Mark and he sits down with you one-on-one, figures out kind of what your brand is, what you're trying to kind of, uh, what what your podcast should feel like, and then you want your brand to match that. And the great thing is he's really flexible and gets you going in the right direction and he'll listen to your show. And I just don't think you're gonna get that from somebody on Fiverr where you're spending, you know, $4 to to represent your show. Remember, they see you before they hear you and you really, really, really wanna look good. And if you want to look good, go see Mark at podcastbranding.com. So good. So good. Of course,
2: big thanks to our friend over there, Dan Lefebvre out there based on a two story podcast at based on a two story I mentioned last week life of Brian and uh, that he just did one on Monty Python, the life of Brian. And that just brought back during the show, a flood of comments <laughs> Early on from that movie, so many great lines. Um, and I asked if the if um, Holy Grail had been done yet, and Dan said no. So Dan, there's a show idea. We get two for one. Great <laughs> stuff over there based uh, based on a two story podcast. Com.
0: Well, the thing I thought we would start off today with, because I looked at the calendar and I was like, "Wow, we're we're officially like the first half of the year is done." And I thought, because hmm, there are things I started working, what is this, 2022? I started working on things at the end of 2021 that I have not completed. And I went, hmm. And that's where I've actually, this thought has popped into my head a couple times. You know, I, I make all these test shows, and they're not very good. And when you think about, talk about branding, I need to almost come up with a a fake name for these fake shows, because if somebody finds... Uh, podcasting resources, podcasting. And I'm like, that Dave Jackson is awful. And so is there anything that you can think of? I, I was actually thinking of, I need to ditch all these test shows and really just focus yeah. on the stuff I need to focus on because there's only 24 hours in a day. And uh, is there anything you can think of that you go, hmm, I was going to do this and, huh, hmm, you know, I, I, or I want to have this done by the end of the year. I might want to start working on it.
2: You know, I think something I did this year that I'll consider doing again is I took the last week of June off. So I've been off this Mm. week and I took a staycation, which was great. One, you know, gas prices are nuts. Who wants to fly right now? Everything's expensive. So I just stayed home. And uh, Dave, it was really great. Like I literally planned nothing. I'd wake up in the morning and be like, what do I want to do today? So I spent a lot of time thinking about, okay, what do I want to do with podcasts and not just my own, but the Gallup podcasts. And, uh, during this time, I actually changed managers at work. So I have a new manager going back in on Tuesday, uh, Mondays, July 4th. Um, I have a new manager. So lots of thinking for me around the future, like, Hey, where do I want to go? What do I want to do? How do I want to do it? What kind of, you know, what what could be different if there was going to be a time to change? Now would be the time to change, right, Get with, with the new manager. So I don't know if I have anything definite, but but one, <laughs> taking a week off, I went in, I had to go see the doctor on Wednesday, and they took my blood pressure, and it was like 102, 102 over 64. And I'm like, that's really low. I should take vacations more often. If my <laughs> blood pressure is going to drop that lower. So I think it's a good halftime you know, a good halftime uh, measure to say, like you said, what did I want to do and have I got there? And then what do I want to get done before the end of the year? It's also a good time to start planning for taxes. Just, I know that seems weird, but here in the United States, <laughs> yeah, they're due next year. Lots of changes going on. If You're making a lot of money podcasting, which hopefully you are. Now would be a good time to start planning for that. So that's, that's
0: kind of how I'm approached it. And if you pay quarterly taxes, um, you just missed last week's payment. So... That's I'll be going to the mailbox today to go. Oopsie, ah. uh, yeah. And those hurt. Oh, do those hurt? Yes. Uh um, like the quarterlies, the quarterly, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you uh, if you're watching this live, you can jump into the call at askthepodcastcoach.com/slash join. Of course, we're always at askthepodcastcoach.com/slash live, where you can uh, leave your question in the chat room. But yeah, it's and what's funny is I have people. That will join the school of podcasting. We'll we'll plan their podcast. We've got everything lined out. We know our why. We know our who. We've got the equipment. We've tested some stuff, and now it's time to like record something for real. Like this is you know we're we're going to really try to do one here, and that's when people disappear. And so I've I've been in the process literally for a year now of moving the school of podcasting from uh, Thinkific to Teachable. And I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to, it's going to be messy. There's no way around this. It's going to be messy. But I thought, well, if I could turn on teachable, I could send people to that when they sign up. And then as people, you know, eventually leave the school of pie, we'll, we'll figure out how to get people over there. And it turns out I have to learn how to build a sales page and teachable for every one of my courses, which I did not know when I set this up. I thought I could have one, not a big deal. Cause once I learn how to do it once, it'll be a piece of cake to repeat. And I did whatever. I was like, oh, so we're ready to go public now. And all of a sudden I went, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And I was like, so I was walking around and I was like, you just need to bite the bullet. Like nobody's going to punch you in the face. I basically took all my own coaching and, and threw it right back at me. Cause I would, the other thing is the reason I'm leaving uh, Thinkific, and it, it is so funny, but it's, I've said this story before, they are nickel and diming me. And so my bill used to be about a hundred bucks for Thinkific. And then they, in their very, very fine print, if you go over a certain number of students, they charge you, and I'm not making this up a dime. And my bill is now up to 150 bucks. And I was like, okay, this just is not going to scale. And I don't, you know, I'm kind of offended because everywhere on their website, it's like unlimited students. And I'm like, well, kind of not really. And so I was just like, yeah, that bill came through. And I was like, yeah, 50 bucks isn't going to kill me, but you know, we've been doing that for a year. That's uh 500 bucks. I was like, let's just get off the pot. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. So if you are in that position where you're like, okay, there's something I should be doing, you know, when in doubt, I just, we did a uh, podcast review show with a show called uh, live, mm, live well and flourish at live well and com the episode we were listening to was all about that. Take a big topic. Like this guy said at one point, he was over 350 pounds. He gave up potato chips. That was it. Now he really loved potato chips, but in the process of giving up potato chips, that then gave him the courage to, well, what if I gave up fries? And that gave him, you know, you start getting some momentum going. So, If you're a person, whatever it is you're trying to do, start a podcast, grow a podcast, learn a new software, whatever it is, a little bit here and there will get you going. And before you know it, you'll be like, hey, look at me. I did it. So it's tricky.
2: Yeah, I take I take a look at like for any of those things that get you stuck. I mean, I take a look at like what kind of where have I had success in the past and being able to get past these things. And then just you just got to push through. I'll, I'll be honest though, after taking a week off, sometimes you just need to take some time off. Yeah. Like I, I can't tell you how many times I've just been kind of, you know, kind of toasty on the edges. And then you're trying to do something new in every objection, everything that you can't figure out just seems to grind, right? Just kind of grinds on you. And you're just like, oh, and it's amazing. You, you take, you know, take a little time, get away from it, step, you know, take a little vacation, whatever, right? You don't have to, just just get away from it, then come back to it. That seems to always, always be very beneficial. I mean, I'm kind of ready to get back. I was telling you in the pre-show, I've only produced two podcasts in eight weeks. That's including yeah. work. So like, um, I really took a good break and I was producing Thursdays and I was like, this is okay. Kind of back. Feels yeah. good. <laughs> this, is a, this is good. I'm ready to go.
0: Well, that's the thing I love about my job is about the time I've had it with doing support tickets. It's time to go to an event. And about the time I'm tired of taking off my shoes to get on a plane, it's time to go home and and do some tickets. I should mention this. No matter who your media host is, when you send a ticket into that, be sure to say what the name of your show is. You want to avoid words like show, episode, episode, um, anything that's generic. So, for instance, if I said, "Hey, um, my podcast has a problem. My uh, my episode's not showing up." Okay, well, which show? Because many podcasters have more than one, and which episode? And then, if you can email from the email that you use to log in, that will get you fixed so much faster. I had so many calls on Friday. I was starting to think I was getting punked. Where my first response is who are you and what is your podcast kind of thing you know like what what do you use to email because you know and it's just ones very really like I'm trying to get you fixed and if you had just said hey I'm doing a show it's called ask the podcast coach I've noticed that my latest episode called podcast halftime report isn't showing up in Spotify but it's showing up in Apple at which point I I don't even have to look at that I can say well if it's showing up in Apple then it's working it's just that spotify hasn't caught up and in reality it would probably be more the opposite spotify is much quicker than apple and i think apple might have had a problem this week got a lot of people saying that uh, it just wasn't showing up in apple and then like 3 hours later there would be so that's always kind of fun but
2: dave you're you're 2 weeks into the road roadcaster pro 2 right is yeah that, do I, did I get all that right yeah a lot of twos and, in there and, <laughs> a lot of a lot of twos. I've I've seen a lot of folks buy this thing. Like I've just, it's shown up on Facebook a bunch, and it seems like. And then I think there's a question from people now, and I'm always I'm always hesitant of these three day
0: reviews. But you've had two weeks. Yeah, give us give us your impression after two weeks. Well, here's the fun thing. I last night sat down to do, like, all right, it's it's time to review this, and so I I pulled out the roadcaster One. Right, plugged it in, and I got to tell you, without a cloud lifter, and I set it up to where it was the same, there is a huge, like, noticeable, like, cats hissing at you in the background difference when you plug an SM7B into a Roadcaster 1 and then pause the video, take the same exact setup, turn off all the processing, plug it into the RODECaster 2. It was like, oh there is definitely a difference. Now, what I want to do before I put out this video is plug in my Cloudlifter and compare the Cloudlifter into a Rodecaster 1 and then compare that to the Rodecaster 2. But there was not and here's the thing we need to remember, just because the Rodecaster 2 exists, the Rodecaster 1 has not overnight become a piece of crap. It's still a great piece of equipment. But the we saw this this morning, I now got the RC S no, I'm sorry, SC-19 cable, $30 for this thing, so I can plug my phone into the USB-C thing. I plugged it in, the Rodecaster rebooted, and then StreamYard couldn't hear me. That kind of crap has been going on since the minute I bought this thing to where you're just going, huh? You know, so I went out of road or I went out of StreamYard, Went back in, said, "Hey, use this, use that," and it was fine. But there's just—I feel like I'm in an episode of Scooby-Doo where just weird stuff happens all the time, and I'm just hearing Scooby going, "Oh, huh? like what was that?" You know. So it's—it does have a better sound, but I haven't compared it yet to a one a, or a Roadcaster one. With that, the—and what's great is I just saw last night as I was making this video, and this is where Road is really just like. They're putting on a master class on how to roll out a product because they're rolling out. There's a developer series on their YouTube channel, and they showed me, like, right now I'm running firmware 1.04, and they showed uh, 1.05. It's a you can be a beta tester because, like, right now gamers, especially, want to be able to go take channel one and send it to the second output take channel 2 send it to the second output but channel 3 just go to the one like re, it's a routing table is the buzz phrase for that and they're they're they've put one out basically it's in the beta version so much like when the roadcaster first came out the very first one remember we're all like ah oh, it doesn't do this it doesn't blah, 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 you know and it was kind of a little wonky this is very much the same way i think and that's the other thing that i'm not worried about it because my thing is Like right now, Jim, you are in USB one chat, which has a built-in mix minus. Now, this is where I'm kind of, um, I mean, I I have special needs in the fact that when I'm doing a coaching call with somebody and they go, how do I do this in Audacity? I'm like, oh, cool. Let me share my screen, blah, blah, blah. I used to be able to go to like settings, uh, processing, mix minus, turn it off. And I'd be like, hey, just don't talk because if you talk, you're going to get an echo. And then they could hear my computer, and they'd be like, "Oh, that's cool, cool. All right, processing, blah blah blah. Mix-minus on. Mix-minus makes is basically the echo cancellation. And with this, you you kind of can't do it easily. So then I thought I'd like solved it. There's there are these two outputs. So I switched my phone to the second output, and lo and behold, USB two has a mix-minus on and off. I was like, yes. This is the best! Yay, road. And then I went to plug in their software, and because I had nothing plugged into USB one, the software wouldn't connect. And I was like, "How dare you!" I had to, I had to grab my hand, unplug the cable, move it about a half an inch to the right, and plug it back in. And I was like, "The horror of this!" Yeah. So it's they'll get that stuff, but uh, I do I. You know, I've I've run a bunch of tests on it. The the big question if somebody says, I have the Rodecaster one, should I get the roadcaster two? And I think my answer is going to be, Do you have a cloud lifter? And they're going to go, Yeah. And I'm like, No. It's not unless you're really a big time gamer and want all the special routing stuff. You know. So, um uh I did not. Miss Eileen says, She left me a group uh, uh message about beta. I did see where they're they have, and that's where Road on their YouTube channel has a beta thing. They're, they're with like the developers and they're rolling out 1.05, which has some stuff. The other thing that I'm kind of, again, cause they're adding stuff. When I look at my channel, I can see where I can turn on and off the, um, phantom power. And then I can turn on and off something that has a zero next to it. And I have no idea what that is. So I have to go find a video or something to... So it's it's a great unit. The other thing I need to remember is and this is where I get really nervous about talking about this thing, it's $700. And I remember once I was doing a consulting call and I'm running through the guys' why and everything. I'm like, "Okay, what do you got for gear?" And he's like, "Oh, I got a I got a PR40. I've got this, I've got that, I've got uh I've got the Zoom Podtrack P4 and uh and I have a Rodecaster." I'm like, "Wait, you have a P4 and a Rodecaster?" And I, he goes, yeah. And I go, why did you buy the roadcaster? And he goes, oh, you said it was cool. And I was like, Grr! I was like, that's six hundred dollars. So I, I'm very nervous about saying, yeah, well, yeah, this is great because I don't want somebody to spend seven hundred dollars that they either a don't have or b, you know, you don't need. But uh, it's it's a little, you know, it's like I said, the very first time this came out, it was, uh, you know, a little not buggy. Well no, it's bugs. When when you plug your phone in and the thing reboots, that's a that's a bug. <laughs> that should be happening. So but uh I'm liking it so far. And like I said, the biggest thing I was surprised is when I took the the first one, took this microphone, and then hit pause on the video, plugged this one in, started the video back up, it is noticeably better. So But uh yeah, I am on Twitter Spaces today, Miss Eileen. She's like uh, in fact, we have, uh, Poppy has joined us on, um, uh, Twitter spaces. So as always, if you're listening on Twitter spaces, you can, uh, raise your hand or whatever it is to, uh, if you have a question you want to ask. And if you're watching this live, you can, uh, ask a question in the comments, or if you want to join the show. Now I realize some people are like, I do not want to be on video at 10:30 in the morning. If you're on the East coast, well then just turn your video off. And we've, we've had people do that and we'll just watch their, uh, the uh you know the or
2: put your comments in the chat we'll grab them from there yeah
0: do that e- either so. way either way if you don't yeah. want to if you don't want and if i remember so you, it's always good to see faces yeah you have the m what what interface are you using Mo, mo2
2: yeah mo2 m.2 or m, m2 sorry not m.2 m.2 is the uh, hard drive specification m2 is the uh is that yeah and it works out really well it's been a good audio interface i don't i don't need even it even at work I don't need a roadcaster. Like, I don't need the full, the way I do podcasts, I just don't need the full one. A really good audio interface is what I'm looking for. Something that gives me amplified sound back into my ears. I definitely want real-time sound and, and real volume sound. You know, the these audio technicas, if you just come out of the back with a microphone or with a headset to monitor it, they're terrible. Like, I, I don't know how that doesn't get talked about more. In fact, I... I, I talked to people who are using it that way and I'm like, can you hear me? And like, oh yeah. And I'm like, really? Like, well, it's kind of quiet. I'm like, no, it's not kind of quiet. It's super quiet. It's kind of muffled. Well, and the- So you got to run that thing through. I, I always prefer to run them through a, through a headphone amplifier to get the, you just get better sound that way. I, I don't know how anybody runs. I'll be honest. I don't know how anybody runs an ATR, you know, 2100 or, or, or any of those mics without some kind of sound amplification on or via USB.
0: Yikes. Yeah, the,
2: That's not, the, not a great experience.
0: The USB thing always drove me nuts. I have a Q2U no. here. And the thing I always hated about it was the fact that, now this is a Q2U, it doesn't have it, but you have all this stuff going on on the bottom of the mic. And with the, the ATR, there was a little, it wasn't even like a knob that you had to either move this way or that way and forever cuz you're you're trying to get the plug in there you would bump it and you would end up basically turning the volume down in your headphones where what i love about the Q2U is they put the volume knob right there on the bottom of the microphone you see that there's an up and down arrow key on the bottom of the microphone and it makes it really easy to to turn your headphones up and down but yeah i i'm with you it's um It is what it is, but, uh, yeah, well, I just don't, I don't know how people
2: use those via USB. I I know that's the, that's the, the, the promise of them. And then I, the, the actual, the way they actually work via USB. Yes, they do work and they're fine. They sound fine. You get good sound out of them. All that stuff is good. I just prefer to take the extra step, run it through an audio interface and get amplified audio back to me Mm. in my ears. That's the game changer for me. And, and the, the MOTU was something Ed talked me into. Ed Sullivan talked me into. I went out to his place and we tested a whole bunch, a whole different, bunch of different microphones, a whole bunch of different audio interfaces to focus right. The, all those, you know, all those out he's got them all. And this is the one that, we, this, that I liked the sound with my voice with a 2100. At the time, I'd even considered switching microphones. I thought, eh, maybe I'll go a uh, SM7B or something different. No, this combination seemed to work the best, and it was the easiest. Good little interface, a little expensive. I think it's hundred or two hundred bucks now, probably. Um, so a little expensive for some on it for just the audio interface. Doesn't do any recording. Doesn't have any of those kinds of things. Just a straight audio interface, two channel. But um, it's worked great for me and Dave until I spill some wine on it. It'll be <laughs> it'll be my, my audio because I went through two mixers. I spill. <laughs> I literally spilled wine on well, two mackie mixers
0: that's why it's a racket that's why i bought the 50 dollar plastic thing Yeah, because i've got yeah. i've got two drinks right here just screaming spill me and you know on one hand it's 50 bucks on the other hand it's like yeah but it's protecting something that's 700 dollars. so uh scott says uh, i packed up my 12 channel mixer when i bought the p4 so yep, yep. it really is i think a matter of and like you said you don't need a roadcaster and uh that's how I was going to end my video. I'm still kind of working on it, but I was going to say, if you're just recording Zoom calls, you do not need a Rodecaster Pro. If you're doing live streaming and you're going to be adding a lot of sound effects live. Um, don't be boring. Then, you know, then you might need this. But again, remember the the P4 has four little buttons. You can, you can load those things up with music and things like that. So uh, it's, uh, but at this point, I like it. It's a little buggy. I keep running into weird stuff that I have yeah, to reboot and I'm, I'm positive. They're going to fix it. So yeah, um, it'll get but Gabriel says, do you need both the zoom pod track and the roadcaster? Absolutely. A hundred percent. No, no. They both do the same thing. The roadcaster has effects. So I can go in here and turn off my processing. So I'm not quite as bassy. I don't know if you guys are going to hear this on Streamyard or not, but I will now turn them back on and I've got definitely a more base. I I might be going a little crazy with a big bottom there, but no, they both do the same thing. The roadcaster has just a few more bells and whistles to it. Um, The create art podcast, which I believe is Tim. uh, That's Tim Um, O'Brien. Weird question here. Is there a group you can donate old equipment to for podcasters who may not have a big budget Since I got my P4, I have a Behringer 4 channel. You know, it's called Dave's Closet right now. I have so much (laughs) stuff in my closet that I need to, and I always like, yeah, I need to sell that because the longer you take to sell it, the less you're going to get for it. But there needs to be, there needs to be two things. One is a, a, some sort of like podcast garage sale website. Feel free to get that domain because I have enough domains. And then the (laughs) other one, is com And I don't own that domain either because I see those a lot. And now there is, I believe it's podjobs.net. There's, I know there's a website that James Cridlin is always talking about, and they should add a gear section to that. But all these people, they're like, I need a co host. Jim, I think you still need a co host. And, uh, um, yeah. yeah and that seems to be a thing now where people started off, life has happened, and somebody had to tap out. And so, uh, I don't know of any, I know there is, I think it's a reverb.com is a gear site for use gear for musicians. Uh, I know I have quit going there because it's very dangerous for me. Facebook marketplace, man, that's when I go, I'm looking for this within an X amount of radius and like, there it is. And why do I have a rowing machine in my basement? That's very dusty. Facebook marketplace. <laughs> Uh, Stephanie said, by the way, he bought a used, you know,
2: thinking about, and this is the problem sometimes with these, you know, if we're going to trade equipment. He says he bought a used uh, Q2U. The seller said it worked, but it doesn't work via USB. Any ideas? Um, well, one, you just heard me say don't use USB. I, I, I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah. But chances are that USB plug that the cable's gone into, somebody left the plug in and then it got pushed up and it broke the solder and I have had somebody successfully fix that. I, I had, we had one at work do that and a buddy said, Hey, can I take this home and try soldering it and fixing it? Sure. If you want. And so he took it apart. They're easy to take apart. And he he checked the solder. So Stefan, if you're comfortable pulling that, uh, and I don't know about the 2QU, but the 2100 pulls apart pretty easy. You can get to the guts pretty quick, check the solder and make sure the solder on that. It's a really common, it's a, There's no way to do a good design on the 2100 or the 2QU to get that USB plug in. One, it's a USB mini micro, I forget what they call it. It's just too small. And so it it just, you just breathe on that thing the wrong way. It'll break the solder on the, on the board. Uh, It's kind of why I prefer the XLR because you're not going to break the one. That XLR is a big, a big component there. So check the
0: solder on the USB. I bet that's broken. And um, she was on a couple weeks ago. She is back via Twitter spaces and uh, we're going to bring Poppy up on the stage. So Poppy, if you want to uh, unmute, I just made you a speaker and now unmute you here. And uh, thanks for coming back.
3: Thank you. I'm coming from the backyard, sitting on the patio on this really nice holiday weekend. Okay, here is my question. I love that you're still talking about the Roadcaster because everybody laughs. Every podcast space I'm in, I'm like, does my voice need this? And so I wonder if um, you all can talk about if we're having um, an issue with our voice when we're recording for our podcast, and we kind of know the issues, but we can't figure out how to address them? How do we work back from, I want my voice to sound rich and I'm a big mouth and I have a lot of uh, dynamic moments when I am reading my script. How do I work back from not specific brands, but like, how do I know how to fix my setup to address some of the problems that I'm having?
0: Uh, there are a couple of things. What I usually do is like r- right now, I'm not sure how you're holding your phone or if you're using a headset, but you have a slight plosive issue where if you, uh, so that is done by usually uh, if if you're using, for lack of better phrase, a standard mic, I usually point my microphone at the corner of my mouth and then I will record. And I will say uh, thanks to Bandrew Scott of uh, podcastage. I will say, Please bring pizza pronto. And then I might, and then what I do is I say whatever I'm doing. So I'll be like, Hey, this is the SM seven B pointed at the corner of my mouth. Please bring pizza pronto. And then I'll go, okay, this is me talking directly into the SM seven B please bring pizza pronto. And then you can kind of, then when you hear the one that works, you know what you did, but it does take some, uh, cause I, I'm going to guess you're on a headset
3: Well, no, I'm actually on my patio just talking into my iPhone, but I do have a pretty good mic, and I've played a lot. I have a pop filter. I've played a lot with um, distance from the mic because what I find is I have a really good microphone, but when I get any distance back from it, even with all the different settings on it, I get so much room sound uh, and, and that's just uh, a challenge I have because of how I have to record I just don't have a lot of options so I'm just trying to figure out like how do I troubleshoot this you know I, I do a test run of my intro every time make sure I'm close enough but I'm not too close I do all of that and then sometimes it's like is this fixed in post production do I compress do I equalize like how can I think about this because Every time I hear about a new gadget, about right. well, my dog. That's every right. time I hear about a new gadget, I think, oh, maybe that's my answer. And someone said recently, I'm like you, and I was on the road, um, the Roadcaster Pro, and it solved that problem. Mm. And I'm like, mm. I need to find money for the Roadcaster. And then I was like, I can't keep doing that. Like, I don't know if that's the solution. Every time I have a problem with my
0: yeah, what I see a lot of people do that are using their phone is they they do the bit where they'll put it on speaker. And they'll hold it like flat and they'll talk into the bottom of it. So now I, and if you say happy peanut butter into your hand, you'll feel you'll feel the air come out of your mouth. So what you want to do is hold the phone like you're talking to a person. So now what you're actually doing is you're talking across the microphone and uh, by having it off speaker, it doesn't work. Jim, you're dying to jump in here. Yeah. Poppy though, isn't your question, your question isn't about your
2: phone audio. It's about your microphone audio, right? No, audio,
3: right? that's, that's correct. Here's the overall problem I have. I don't want to cramp my style when I'm narrating because I've worked really hard to get to an invisible script style. And I, if I cramp my style by making my head and my mouth, stay in one spot, it just really doesn't work for me. So I'm feeling right. like What is the issue? Would it be Um, mic technique only, or is it the mic itself, or is it... So I use the Focusrite Scarlett, and I have uh, the Shure MV7, MV7. uh, Um, and it's a... I love that mic.
0: I've I've got a solution for you. The MV7, he said, looking behind him, trying to find it, the windscreen on that thing is too thin, so what you can do is buy a foam, like a replacement foam filter for that, but buy the one for the SM7B, which is thicker, and that will cut down on plosives. Because when I first, when I tested that microphone, I was like, ooh, you really have to have good mic technique with that because you're you're just plosives everywhere. And so that was, I, and I actually researched, I was like, um you know replacement pop filter for MV7 and like four YouTube videos came up. I was like, "Okay, I'm not the only person having this issue." Um so so that's that's the plosive problem is mic technique, but the rest is just uh EQ. In some cases some people need a deesser, and what a deesser is is it's the upper 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 range of treble, and for some reason the way people talk their S's get a little harsh to where you like in some cases they'll make you blink. They're like, "Ugh!" that's just, it just cuts through in a, a not great way. And so there are plugins there. What do you use for like software and in, in post-production?
3: Oh, so I edit in Hindenburg. And then if I'm having an issues cause I have a lot of film clips in my pod, I run it through Authonic.
0: Okay. Yeah. In, in the, the thing I love about Hindenburg is you can have like external VST plugins, and the one I use is called. It's from Waves. It's called Shep's Omni Channel, and it replay. And it, I want to say it's fifty bucks. Like it's not super cheap, but it it does so much stuff. I used to have a piece of hardware called a um, DBX two eighty six. But what this is, it's a compressor. It's a noise gate. It's got two deessers in it. And a EQ. So you can really pick what frequencies you want to boost. And and it's what's fun, especially with a de-esser, is you can solo it. So you can hear just the frequency that you're trying to get rid of. And so I will turn that until I get to this really high pitched thing and I'm like, ugh, that sounds awful. And I'm like, yes, that's what I want to remove. So it's a it's a pretty handy little tool. And, and hey, it's Dave, super- can
3: you I'm sorry, can you say that again? What is the name of it?
0: Yeah, it's it's from Waves is the name of the company. The name of the plugin is Sheps, so it's S C H E P S Omni Channel. And uh I think I heard about that from Chris Curran from uh Podcast Engineering School just to give him credit on that. But uh it's it's one of my favorite things because I think no matter what my doll is, I can make me sound good. It's a really really cool thing, so
3: That's what I was looking for. I so appreciate that tip.
0: Thank you. Anything else we can help you with?
3: That was it for this morning. Thanks right. for hosting this as always.
0: Oh, no problem. And we will uh, bring up the one and only. like We have royalty coming to the stage. Miss um, Eileen, how are you? Hello, hello. How's everyone? Can you hear me well? well? We hear you great.
4: Okay, well, I'm on the Samsung Q2U, but I'm not going through the R-C-P-2.
0: There we go.
4: (laughs) Yeah, so great. I'm so glad that you got your hands on one. And um, I'm going to assume that right now, when you're on Twitter Spaces, you're not using, you're using the old Rodecaster now, right? No,
0: I I am going through Bluetooth. Now, what was fun is (sighs) last night, I plugged the S. C19 cable into my phone and was playing Spotify, and everything sounded great. This morning, I take my SC19 cable, plug it into the second USB C, plug it into my phone, and the sound of it sounded horrendous like completely unusable. Because I'm playing the new media show. And Todd and Rob is on like, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's not gonna work. So I unplug it. Well, first of all, when I first plugged it in, it rebooted the roadcaster. And I was like, well, hold on. So then um StreamYard couldn't hear me because it switched the output. So these are just the wonky little things. Like they're easy to fix. I'm like, hold on. So I got out of StreamYard, went back in and said, nope, use uh, USB one chat for the input and output. Everything's cool. And plug the phone back in would not work via the cable even though it did last night so i turned on the bluetooth so right now we're doing twitter spaces to my phone over bluetooth but i i again i will probably when we get done i will reboot the roadcaster do the hokey pokey turn myself around and and plug everything back in that is one thing that i do not like about the roadcaster pro 2 their on off button is wonky like the other one you go click and it was in this I like I have to get my finger just in the right spot and hit it and um that drives me nuts the other thing is the roadcaster too if you had the cover on it you could go you'd hit the on off button and it'd go do you want to turn it off and you'd hit the on off button again and it would turn it off you didn't have to take off the plastic cover I know these are first world problems to go I have the this same
4: turn- issue I you know and I feel like why make me Hit twice. I understand that you want to make sure right. that somebody really wants to quit, but it is extremely difficult to actually hit that button. Yeah. And even if you had it pushed up against something by mistake, it's probably not going to turn it off. So just let me push one time. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make me push that and then. Push again on the screen i I just think that's kind of goofy, but I don't know that that is something that they will ever address or fix or or whatever but uh one of the first things that I had issues with was um the smart pads well, you know they have the road uh connect app is that what it's called no that's not the it's not the road connect
0: uh, no, that's it there's road connect on Rode the road
4: central road yeah, central there you go right. So I go into road central and I uploaded some music. And so then I wanted to have the little ducking feature right next to the smart pad where I have the music. Well, you can't do that on road central, but it never, it never dawned on me that, I only can't do it because I'm using the app. If I would just use the screen, I can move things around wherever I want them to me. Why have an app, a desktop app right. that is less capable well, than the software, than the device. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> and the thing that, that drove me nuts is their mix minus button is only on the second output. So I plug my computer to the second output and I was like, "This is perfect. This is exactly what I want." And then I fired up um, Road Central, and Road Central wouldn't connect to the Roadcaster because it wasn't plugged into the first output. And I, yeah. so it's just little stuff like that that you're like, and you're like, "Okay, they'll fix this eventually." But it's it's not.
4: But congratulations to me because this is my first time actually having any mixer. Well, except for the analog mixer that I had back in the seventies. That doesn't count. Okay. <laughs> yes. I'm that old. Um, but, um, yeah, so I'm getting used to this whole idea of routing and input and outputs and all that stuff. And so I got stuck with Twitter spaces because just like you mentioned, Dave, sometimes the device actually gets buggy because I was doing what you said and I was using the, um, the connector that actually came with my Mac, my hmm. M1 Mac, because I don't have the SC-19 yeah. and they don't have it on Amazon. I'd have to set up a whole nother account with yeah. somebody else. And it's yeah. like, and if you, it's not that serious, y'all.
0: If you buy the $9 cable that looks like it would work from Amazon and it says that it's Apple IMF, compa- no, 9 bucks is not going to, no. no, sorry. no, Yeah.
4: So it worked the first time just for me doing a test, but it was just me and I was testing and it just sounded like it was picking up um, from the phone, even though I was talking into my mic, it was picking up room noise from the phone. So I'm like, ah, pulling my hair out. Of all the tutorials on Rodecaster Pro 2, none of them talk about using Twitter spaces because I understand that Clubhouse is different. Twitter spaces is is the way it accepts. Audio is totally separate. And I'm like, okay, one day I'm going to make that tutorial as soon as I figure out how it works.
0: Yeah, I was telling Jim, I'm going to make one video, because I started to make a video last night. It was like 22 minutes. And I was like, that's a little long for YouTube. So I'm going to make one on, on, here's what I like about the Roadcaster 2. And I'm going to make one like, here's all the things that this thing is doing that are weird. And help those people so, so that are i in that saw point.
4: the the developer thing and then I, like like i said i saw your post because my friend barb tomlin shout yeah. out to barb tomlin she pinged me because she knows i have the roadcaster pro too and she pinged me on your facebook post yeah and so i left the thing there about they're getting ready to up uh, you know push out this beta but also my friend alec from take one tech he's got a whole video about using it with bringing in voices from discord as mm-hmm. well. Yep. So it's a little bit more complicated because it involves Ecamm live. Cause we're in the Ecamm oh, yeah. together. So, but you could probably, because Alec covers so much in his video, you probably can still pick up on, you know, some tips about how this whole thing works.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, not, not, but not perfect you, yet.
4: <laughs> yeah. So I signed up for the beta. I, I said, Fine. let me go and sign up. Then I got the email from them and it gave you the little instructions on what you're supposed to do. And when I saw the part that said tap 10 times, I was like, never mind. Yeah,
0: you're tapping out.
4: <laughs> like, why can't it be five times? Like right. three, three is my limit. Yeah. I'm not tapping something 10 times. Yeah, and And then you have to, of course... If you're doing something important or you don't want to, you know, right. worry about bugs, then you got to undo. Oh, and man. I was like, you know what? Let me just let the people. Yeah.
0: Let other people play in the beta. The
4: time. I'm beta testing a bunch of other stuff. I don't have to beta test the roadcaster when I don't even know what I'm doing to begin with. Right. So I'm not the best beta tester. For this, but I well, but you
2: might be actually the best beta tester for this because you're coming at this with a fresh set of eyes, right? I mean,
0: absolutely.
2: How? Let me let me ask you this question, Miss Eileen. What do you think as as first time? You know, scale of one to ten, new user experience. Rate this thing as you would see it as a new. Yeah, I mean, you're not necessarily tainted by all the other ones, so to speak. Give it a, a user experience score for us.
4: Oh, I have to give it a seven because okay. like I said, to me, if there's no point in having a desktop app that doesn't allow you to do even more than you can do on the device. So okay. that takes okay. away two points just right there. <laughs> and, and it's not <laughs> clearly stated, you know, yeah, you can do all these things on the device but the desktop app is just there for you to like transfer your files I'm like i don't need that
2: yeah well it's probably not they've probably got a bunch more development to do on the app
4: well and right? i understand that yeah. I, I,
2: no, I, yeah. you know i get that yeah, but they also need to
4: update some of their documentation mm-hmm.
2: okay that's good good feedback
4: to, okay to to indicate that and i guess because a lot of um What they say in the documentation, because uh, shout out to Michael Sterling. He's the audio mentor on Tutor. He gave me some, you know, to use Bluetooth, to try to use Bluetooth. And um, some of the documentation is kind of like, well, if you had the old one, this is what the new one does. Well, no, I didn't have the The old old one. one. Yeah. And I didn't know what it did. (laughs) So talk to me and baby talk. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) like you talk about routing like one of the things you can do on the smart pads is latching or you can toggle off something and i couldn't figure that out but it is in the documentation but you kind of you have to know where to go and the documentation by the way is only on the website There's no manual. Yeah,
0: there's no PDF. I was looking for one. So,
4: right. You can't PDF. And I understand that's because they know it's going to be so many changes changes rolling out that they want to keep. I get that. But mm, not still that easy to follow along with. Even, you know, you've got a QR code right on the device, right? Yeah. It doesn't take you. you. Once you get there, that's really just taking you to the website. Yeah. You really still have to. Go through Find a couple it. more screens to actually get to the manual.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's it.
4: So, so I give them a seven. And, you know, I, I do. I, I think it's going to serve my purpose. My main thing is to use it for social audio. Mm. And so that's why I'm glad that Dave is using it on Twitter spaces because I wanted to make sure that it worked that way. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. So there you have it.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks good for update. your insights. Appreciate All right. that. Well, thanks, thanks so much for, thanks for jumping for... in. Yep.
4: All right. Take care.
2: Yep. All, All right. We'll soon. see
0: you. And uh, joining us from Italy, how cool is that? Uh, we're going to bring Nuno up on the stage.
1: Nuno, how are you, buddy? Doing good. I'm sorry if you cannot. Can you hear me? Okay. We can hear is you fine. Okay. I'm, okay. I, I'm joining from my phone. I'm terribly sorry. I had a question for you guys, which is. So imagine this I recorded an episode with a now famous youtuber when he had like 30 subscribers so basically you know uh, someone that I followed from the beginning I is actually I, I, I thought this guy is going somewhere he's now 700k uh, subscribers I still have the audio but obviously because you're starting out my audio was recorded with my webcam not his but my audio was recorded with his webcam now i have an issue which is i could i could create an episode saying you know like a a time uh, a time machine right at the time but i'm worried that if i release that episode that i would look like someone trying to take a, a bit of advantage uh, out of him right how would you guys approach something like that 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 would be my 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 question at the moment
0: First, I would run it through Descript Studio Sound. That thing is magic. We got other questions coming up about Descript, but I had somebody, I swear they were standing next to an air conditioner, and its I, I edited a show for people that are actually doing brain surgery, and they're cutting tumors out of people's heads and stuff like that. Brilliant people, but their audio is the worst I've ever worked with. I run it through Descript and add studio sound to it. Do not do it at a hundred percent. It always goes a little overboard, but like 95%, depending on what the, the, how bad the audio sounds, that will clean up the audio from the webcam and make it presentable. Um, how do I do this and not sound like I'm capitalizing? I'm not sure on that one, Jim. Any any? I mean, you could yeah. say, cause you are in a way <laughs> that's, that's the fun part.
1: Yeah, don't get me wrong. He's, he's actually, you know, he, we find out in the call that he actually lives. When I was in UK, he lived like uh, 15 minutes away from me and, you know, we're actually sort of friends. But I don't really want to go that way, right? I don't really want to go into a way of looking. It's not because of him, because, you know, we've, we've had talks, we talk all the time. But, you see, I don't want to look like someone trying to capitalize on his uh, success, right? Even if, at the beginning, you know, it's a funny thing that I ask him, so what's your goals next year? And he says, oh, 30K subscribers, and he's now 700K. Well, then so you,
0: you after, maybe you edit that question out.
1: Uh, yeah, the thing that you said to me before, which is edit stuff out that sometimes we forget.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that would be anything that you're like, I'm, ooh, that could sound weird, just edit it out. Yeah, do, do a clean edit.
2: No, no, I, I may, and Stefan says this in the chat, I may just see if he can do another interview. Right. Like, it, it, and that doesn't, you don't have to do that interview to catch up. Like ask some questions. Let's just, let's just let get the elephant in the room out of the way and just say, Hey, you've had great success with this. You know, I, I interviewed Jamie Siminoff, who was the founder of the ring, you know, at ring.com, you know, been yep. giant, sold it to Amazon for, I interviewed him. Oh, I don't know, maybe a year before they sold to ring. And, and, you know, every once in a while, you run into that kind of situation. I contacted him later. (laughs) and I didn't get anything back, right? I I tried to be like, hey, you want to come back on and talk about this? And, and it just wasn't the right time for him. So I think I'd reach out first just to see they can at least say no. And then if they say no, then maybe look at the audio you have, see if you can clean it up, edit, edit out what, what isn't, uh, what isn't right. And then I mean, if it's relevant, release it. If it's not, don't. You know, if it's yeah, that's that's how bad. you that's how you tell if it's you're trying to take advantage of the situation or not. I mean, if you release it and it's not relevant, it you, you're you know it's pr- it's pretty obvious, right? The other thing you could do, uh, other thing about doing is doing some editing it with some of with some current audio from you. That doesn't mean you replace all the things you said in there, but you could treat it like a a story podcast where you say some things and then bring in the audio from him in an edited way that gets your current voice and his voice from that interview, that might be something to try as well.
1: Yeah, that, that, that was actually my, my idea because uh, again, you know, like my, my show is, is, um, you know, I like to concentrate on the little people of my, my space Right and uh, obviously at the time you was little people, not in a bad way, but you know not not the not go to the major uh, people that everyone knows, but try to have a, a conversation with the community with people that some a lot of people does do not know, but they do great things in our hobby. So my thing is also that is that if I go now and talk to him at the moment, obviously 700k subscribers, it's it's not in line of what I want to do. But I thought about that. I thought about maybe doing a like a time uh, time machine piece, right? This is what happened three years ago, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It's a good way to make it fresh, make it relevant, and still use the audio from the past.
1: Correct, correct. Yeah. yeah. But I'll take, I'll take also the note of Dave on that of, of running it through the script, my audio, to see if, uh, if it can be salvaged. Uh, it might, you know, like, like they says the script is uh, is strong, so it could even yeah. be published that way, but, but I would, I would want to, to run it at that point of time. Right. Because again, I think it would be interesting even for the community to see, to see someone at the time. And now after three years, two years, three years where they are at them. So that would be good. Yeah. yeah. Good call. Good call.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Nuno.
1: Thank you so much, guys. You bet. Thanks cheers. for jumping in.
0: Have a good cheers, one, huh? cheers to Thank you. you. At Dr. asks. she says, uh, that studio sound on Descript is amazing. How do I gauge the percentage on it, though? What I do is I always turn it up to 100, and at first you go, oh, that sounds amazing. And then I don't know why, but it always goes a little too far. So what I did on my last one was I just kept hitting the down arrow. I went, all right, 99, 98. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. 84, 80. Ooh, I'm starting to hear that of the air conditioner. So I was at 84 and I was like, all right, 85, 86, 87 is the, let's, let's no Okay. Here, 88, 88. There's nothing there. And that's as high as I can go. That's as low as I can go without letting noise come in. So it's, it's kind of, it's a little bit like setting an audio level. Right, you go up and you're like, ooh, I'm in the red. Okay, let's go down a little bit, a little bit, okay. Now I'm in the yellow. Now if I get loud, nope, I'm still in the yellow. You just kinda gotta play with it a little bit and find that setting and uh and then you'll be good to go. And um it is, it's it's I I mean I love Afonic, but this is great at not only setting the levels, but also uh getting rid of noise without really you know, it's I mean, I hear horrible audio and I just think, ugh and i run it through descript and and i'm not doing anything uh tim has a question about um their um their removal bombs and stuff we're going to talk about that in a second before we forget though uh we should probably thank some people and if you go over to slash support you will find of course <laughs> links to james over at the dog podcast network he's currently the teacher's pet sounds bad the teacher's pet yeah. <laughs> Never mind. I was going to say pet of the month, but I'm like, no, that's for anybody that remembers. No, um, there's no naked pictures of dogs on the dog podcast network. Uh, what you have over there are great shows that hey, aren't they naked all the time? I guess Isn't they Texas? are. Yeah. They, they don't, they don't even do like the Daffy duck, not Daffy, uh, Donald duck. Yogi bear was another one that was half naked. If you think about it, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But what they do have are great shows all about dogs. So if you are a dog person, a dedicated dog person, or if you know, this is more important, if you know a dedicated dog person and they're like the podcast, I don't, I don't get it. You're like, oh, got to go to the dog podcast network. And there's all sorts of things to listen to there. And uh pod page, let me find my note here. They just rolled out a new thing in pod page. They now have, um, season pages. So if you have seasons in your podcast, they will make a season one page, a season with all the episodes from that season. So Brendan over there continues to make it awesome. Uh, you can try it out at tripodpage.com. And if you want to uh, learn Podpage, go to you at learnpodpage.com. If you just can't get enough Jim Collison and you want to dig through his back catalog, go over to theaverageguy.tv and check out Home Gadget Geeks. Uh, if you're thinking of starting a podcast or if you want to grow the one that you have, well, when you think podcasting, think schoolofpodcasting.com. And again, thanks to all of our awesome supporters over at askthepodcastcoach.com slash support. And can I get can I get some more coffee? Before? Oh, you do need some more
2: coffee. That's you? a long that's a long hour. Man. It was. Oof. Thank you. Much better. I mean, It was a good hour. Don't get me wrong. It, it was a good hour. hour.
0: And Tim, we are coming back to your Descript question. DR had a quick question here. I also have something called Bounce Cast. I bought that on AppSumo as well. I think it levels out everything, but I bought it before I got Descript. Yeah, I bought it, made a video on it, and kind of went, meh. Like, okay, it's better than nothing, but it's not... it wasn't great. I got to go. And thank you, Jim, for starring these. I didn't know we could star questions. That's really cool. Yeah, we
2: started doing that on the Gallup stuff that I was doing. I have a producer behind the scenes starring the questions. Nice.
0: And that, like, that just
2: changed my workflow altogether. So I just started doing it here.
0: Yeah, so Tim says, a question about Descript. Is there a way to make the removal f- fill? Oh, I hate this. Remover filler words, not so harsh. Sometimes when I use it, it cuts out words, especially when someone says, "Um, I used to use, in the early days of Descript, there's like an arc here the early days it was awful then they added a couple and i used to go to ask the podcast coach and go find the filler words delete them and it was awesome and it would be like i removed 280 filler words then they added more filler words to where i can't do that because it's cutting out stuff and i'm in the process of trying to learn descript and it's sounding like it's cool because i can go go to the next filler word And then you basically have to manually either listen to it or manually edit it. And that's where I'm like, well, if I'm going to manually edit it, I will just, I use, um, and only because it's the first software I knew, I I will use Sony SoundForge because I can speed it up really fast. And then it's, it's a great kind of scalpel tool if I really want to get in there and do that. So I'm with you. I think their filler word removal tool I know you can go in, and this is what I need to learn. I need to learn how to take out a scalpel and edit into script, and that's something I haven't had. Uh, That is something I'm hoping to do over the holiday weekend because we've got a day off here on Monday, and there are a bunch of things I want to uh, do. So uh, Clay asked a question. Says, "Is the MV7 as gain hungry as the SM7B? No, Uh, it's uh, especially when no the Focusrite Vocaster has 70 dB." Basically, that seems to be the thing now. Like, if I'm releasing any kind of interface, you're going to have 70 plus dB of, of gain. And I think that's because of this stupid little thing, the SM7B that everybody loves to uh, to buy. But um, I know when I used it, it comes with software that you can use to kind of adjust the sound again and all this other thing. But when I played with it, uh, it was fine. And if I remember, I'd have compared it to this, and it's pretty close. The only thing I hated about the MV7 was their super thin. Here's this, Um, you can see through, now you can't, but if I hold it up to the light, I can see light through their pop filter and it just needs to be a little. That's the foam foam filter that comes with the mic. Yeah, so, because this is the actual mic, right? You pull it off and it's like somebody took off its hat and then you, and it's got a pop filter here. It's got a mesh thing. So you think that would be enough, but at least for me, I was like, hmm. So I still kind of miss my RE320 times and i'm like you know i kind of missed the clarity of that um, what'd you do with it it is sitting so you still have it it's oh, not yeah. like it yeah, yeah it's no. not like you
2: sold it or anything like no you could always bring it back if you want yeah to. i think you sound good on this one
0: yeah i i yeah, was um I, I, like I forget what i was on some group and i was playing with different mics and they go i like your 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 voice on this one and i was like well okay so i get that uh, and then our last question is, at least for now, obviously, there's more coming in. And if you have a, a question, again, throw it in the chat room or just go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. And if you're listening on Twitter spaces, just uh, raise your hand. Is analog better than digital? Um, here, let's let's do this. And now, oh, he's been waiting for this. It's time for Jim to get his nerd on. <laughs> forgot we had the kids i don't know your thoughts jim
2: me happy that just makes me happy
0: (laughs) i don't i don't know why let's
2: end the show that was the happiest (laughs) moment of the for some reason that music always makes me happy well in most cases you're not i mean analog in the truest sense you know the second you you record it today if you're recording it on a pc or you're recording it on your mac you're converting it to digital like that's just the way it works the true analog like if you put if you put it on tape, the old reel to reel, or a cassette tape, or an eight track, a record. Although those are back, those are super popular right now. Records are, are, are back. Um, those are those are true analog. So when you're thinking analog versus digital, it you know that that's, it would be really really hard for most people today to record an analog to begin with because the equipment just isn't there. I mean most most people nope. Very few people have a reel to reel. I I can't remember the last time I saw cassette tape recorder. You might have it in the garage. It might be dusty. Good luck finding cassette tapes. I I imagine somewhere you could find them. So, is it better? Uh, It just depends on your ears, what you're doing with it, what kind of equipment you have. In most cases, it's not analog. Is not available for most people. You know, Uh, so you're not recording it anyways. As soon as it hits the computer, it becomes digital. That's is it better? Just depends. The use case would matter in this case. What are you trying to do with it?
0: Yeah. And then uh, somebody's saying, well, vinyl right now is outselling CDs. Well, of course. Yeah, of course. CDs are on. I mean,
2: but are vinyl outselling downloads? That would be the question. Because <laughs> that's the way. More, <laughs> yeah.
0: Streaming and downloading is where most people are getting. The music. their And speaking of opinions I admire, uh, Steve Stewart, the one and only Steve Stewart is in the, uh, the chat room. And if I knew my buttons better, I would give some applause to him, but I think it's this one. Nope. I'll give him an air horn. It's, it's the Steve Stewart party. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Steve says using the script for filler words is better when you can share the timeline to a non-destructive DAW. Uh, for those of you that are new to the podcasting space, DAW, besides what you say, when you see a brand new baby is stands for a digital audio workstation uh it says they uh something they work with in this case descript so something like audition reaper hindenburg uh pro tools you can undo bad descript edits in those daws which is really cool i again i say i need to learn descript because i know the um uh they just i uh, squadcast came out with a new version for the record new version you know what's coming with it that's right kids have a few bugs just a few, not a lot, just a little, but I found a couple and to their credit, they fixed them really quick. Uh, and it was a dumb one where like I'd scheduled something and it didn't show up in upcoming, but it showed someplace else. And they're like, Oh, oopsie. Sorry. There <coughs> you go. It's fixed Dave. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's uh it's like anything else, right? Whatever tool you're using, you kind of have to learn the pros and cons and things of that nature. So I have to, to, uh, to look at that. The one thing I, I am looking to create and I've yet to find because everybody just points me to the descript YouTube channel and I don't want to learn descript in three minutes. I want to, or I want a playlist of three minute clips that are like, like they don't, I've yet to see somebody explain descript. You have your uh, drive drives are made up of compositions. Compositions are made up of files. If you have two files together, it's a thing that I can remember the name of like, I need somebody to break it down and that's what I'm doing right now. And I'm getting there. But, uh, and, and the way you do that is by just getting out of your comfort zone. Cause I, I'm I'm editing a episode that's coming out at the end of July. And I was like, that oh, gives me four weeks to figure this out. So, uh, but, uh, thanks for that, Steve. We really appreciate it. And Oh, by the way, if you're going to podcast movement and you're thinking of starting editing, uh, and, and Steve feel, Oh, Steve can't add a, link to the chat. I, I'll put a link in the show notes. Steve is doing a, the day before podcast movement, a, an event for podcast. Ed, and actually it's not just for editors. It's for, if you work in the podcasting space. So if you're a consultant, if you're an editor, if you're a booker, if you're what other things do we do in podcasting? I don't know. Voice actor. It's, it's for the podcasting space and it's the day before uh podcast movement. And Steve, if you can tell me the name of that, I'll be happy to uh, oh, there! You look at him podcast editor, academy conference dot uh, slash conference, uh, but use Dave's affiliate link. I Dave will dig it out. Yes, it's it'll be in the show notes. Um, but um, so thanks for that, Steve. And it um, sounds like a fun time. Andrew R says, uh, so I got the new vocaster one, but I wish the vocaster one had a high pass filter, uh, which is always confusing because a high pass filter cuts out low end. I'm always like, why it's, it's, it's like, uh, I'm not unwell. it's like a double negative allowing. It's allowing the high pass, the high f- to go past, past it. That's it what yeah.
2: The high pass filter.
0: Uh, I used, I have to fire. I have to find, uh, um, Emily's jingle. We've said high LPR 40 twice today. and I don't have the jingle. I use a high LPR 40. Oh, I miss 40- Emily.
2: Emily, come back. We miss
0: you. <laughs> uh, I use a high LPR 40, which is my favorite mic. Do you have any recommendations for a software-designed high-pass filter? Yeah, the Waves, uh, the thing I mentioned earlier, Sheps Omni Channel Pro, whatever the name of that was, uh, in Hindenburg, they allow you to to cut that out. Most DAWs, I mean, really all a high-pass, it's, it's a really fancy EQ. So um, Steve Stewart might know, he's uh, the king of all podcast editors, but most EQ, you can do that. Um, so he's, do you, so the thing is, it's kind of interesting because you're using a high LPR 40 in itself, which is a bassy microphone. It has a lot of low end. So, um, that might be part of the, if you're getting too much low end, that might be part of the problem. Uh, but I, I understand you're like, look, I like that. I just, how can I fine tune that warmth of it? So that would be, uh. I To me, the Shep's Omni Channel is like the ultimate plugin that does everything. So, every time you say Shep's, I
2: want I think of the three stooges. You know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just can't get it out of my mind. Shep's Omni Channel, Curly's Noise Gate, and Moe's yeah. Compressor. Yeah. 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 Oh, so, anyway. Uh, uh, now we're old. Now we are really old. <laughs> oh my
2: God. Like, what's, what's a
0: stooge? Listen.
2: I mentioned, I mentioned safety dance in the beginning and I got a note about 10 minutes later from my wife. She said, thanks for that. Now I've got that stump. She heard me say it. She's like, I got that song stuck in my head. So (laughs) the safety dance has been rolling around in your head all show. Sorry.
0: That's it. How would you connect an extra mic to the roadcaster pro? Well, it's got four inputs. So if you have five people, a, you have too many people on your show. That's a big round table um you could if you had another mixer uh i i think somebody mentioned having a zoom h6 that you could then take the output of that and plug it into one channel so you're basically going to make a hub of microphones and take that and run it into the roadcaster but um that's i mean if you think about it the roadcaster could have four people in the room with you then have somebody on the phone and then have somebody on a computer and then have somebody on an iPad using the Bluetooth. That's seven people. I'm like, that's a lot. I mean, I've I've seen at events where you'll have five or six people on a panel, and it, it's weird because you want to be, um, what's the word? You you want to let everybody get some sort of um, to share their input, and if it's only thirty minutes or forty minutes, it's it's tough. And then you always have that one person that's a bit of a mic hog that won't give it up. Uh, so, uh, but, um, you, could do it, but I'm, I'm pretty sure the roadcaster, either one, the one or two is going to do what you, uh,
2: wanted to do. Um, you can, we did this one time where we had two mics and four people and we used, you know, you can use an arm like this to Mm. slide the mic between people. It's fairly quiet to do it. It requires some eye contact and a little bit of directing when someone, You know, someone wanted the mic, they would, you know, they would kind of make a sign and then, then gently pull the mic over. So you could add other voices in. I mean, you're talking about two different things. Can you, with four inputs, could you get eight people in there fairly comfortably? Sure. You could do it that way. It'd work. Take some coordination. Take a little bit of uh, effort on that. Do you want to, is the second question, Dave, in, in, you know, 30 minutes or an hour. But you never know the use cases. And I I never want to discourage somebody from trying. Maybe a great podcast, have eight on there over the course of whatever. Listen, if Critical Role can do three-hour podcasts, (laughs) you can do a three-hour panel discussion and and I can't guarantee people will listen
0: to it, but you can do it. I did a panel once on monetization and I was the moderator at Social Media Marketing World and I just went to each of my panelists and I said, instead of me saying, you should try to sell your own stuff, and then have you go, yes, I agree. Yes, I agree. Yes, I agree. I go, we have, uh, I think we had 40 minutes. I go, I'm going to give each of you seven minutes to present your monetization strategy and what works for you and what doesn't. I go, and then I'm going to do my little seven minutes and then we're to take questions. And Gary Leland was on that panel. He's like, this is the best panel I've ever been on. He goes, because it's always awkward stepping on people. It's like, nope, you first, then you, then you, then you because they all had different stories and things like that. Now you can't do that with every uh panel, but that was a that was a fun way to uh to do that. And it made it easy because I, I didn't have
2: to moderate. It's a good it's a good way to moderate panels though, Dave. I I always tell panels when I'm doing that. And I love it's one of my favorite things to do is panel moderation. I just love doing it. Um as I tell them, I'll call on you when when mm. it's like to to avoid the confusion or I'll make eye contact with you or I'll do something along those lines to let you know it's okay. So that, that way they're, they, they feel comfortable. They know it's their, you know, um, the, the other thing, and we do this trick all the time too. I'll tell them if you have something to say, just bring the mic up because oftentimes they might have a handheld. Just bring the mic up. Don't talk, just bring it up. And then I'll know you have something to say. It's just one of those visual cues so that I can call on you. By the way, that works on a podcast too. Dave and I do this all the time. When I'm not talking, I generally move the mic away. And then when I have something to say, I'll bring the mic in. And Dave knows he's not having to guess, right? It's just kind of a visual cl- uh, clue. Um, so he's not like, did you want to say something or not? I mean, he's pretty, I, by now, you know my face when I want to say something. You've, you're like, okay, what do you think?
0: <laughs> well, and the other thing is Jim's really good at watching. Earlier today, I had my headphones were wrapped up in something and I couldn't move. And so I had to bend down and grab that. And and Jim could see that I was doing something. He didn't know what it was, but uh uh, it's like, you know, uh, he just kept on talking, which was
2: great. Keep going. You <laughs> yeah. got to keep going. You got to be ready to get ready to go, ready to keep, keep doing it. It's just part of the, it's kind of part of the process, but there are little tricks you can do. And it's, if you've got a co-host, you get to know the co, I mean, Dave and I've been doing this a long time. I know what I I can look at Dave and know what he's going to say, like at this point, but there are some tricks you can do to kind of make it easier in those kinds of situations. So people aren't stepping on themselves or each over each other or whatever to get the interview to be a little smoother. I like that. Oh, by the way, I like that seven minute idea. That's a little too long for me. I would probably say you got three minutes and then yeah. we'll, we'll go into some discussions, but that's just me.
0: And if you're thinking, Oh no, they're going to talk about the creator survey. We might do that next week. I want, I found another one. This is, it sounds profitable's website. This is uh Brian Barletta. And of course now, um, uh, Tom Webster and, uh, Ariel. Uh, I so want to say this and that cause it's missing blat What? Are, cause it sounds like this and that. And that's what it says on her Twitter. It's like, but it's a survey called the latest data on podcast discovery. And if you scroll down, they have they all this different stuff, but they said, why did you stop listening to podcasts? And 34% of people, well, first they said, um, they surveyed, asked UK, uh, the UK sample size, why did you stop listening to podcasts? So this is kind of like what we're up against. Like, why would somebody stop listening? And 34% said, I can't find any podcasts that interest me. 29% said, I don't have enough time to listen to podcasts. Uh, 14% said, I find listening to podcasts inconvenient, which I kind of laughed because that sounds very UK-ish. I find it very inconvenient. Uh, but I thought it was was interesting. And then down later they say, Why have you never listened to a podcast? So these are people that have never listened. Fifty one percent said, I'm not interested in listening to podcasts, which makes me kind of it's it's weird because when you are a disgraced TV personality, you go right to podcasts to keep your audience. And yet when you're a in the media, you some people mention their podcasts, but a lot of people I always get, especially on TV shows where it's it's a drama or whatever, and they're walking down the street and somebody will say like, oh yeah, I heard this on a podcast. And the other actor in the in whatever the series is will be like, podcast. I thought that's just a bunch of weird nerds in a basement, you know, rambling on about nothing. That's the, the thing I hear a lot. they kind of like, yeah, yeah, podcast, schmodcast kind of thing. So I wonder if people are getting that vibe from fictional stories and saying, yeah, they're all crap or I don't want to listen or whatever. 20% said I don't know how to access podcasts and that was the one that kind of jumped out at me. I'm like, maybe we need to add a, a tutorial on our website on here's how you subscribe to the show uh, and let them know it's free. 15%, I don't know what podcasts are. Uh, that that is kind of interesting but again, those people are still out there. That's why you explain what goes on in your show. 15 percent said I don't like listening to speech content. How dare you? Uh, 13% said I don't have enough time to listen to podcasts. So that whole time thing comes up, but, uh, I just thought it was interesting. The, the one that jumped out at me was the 20%. I don't know how to access a podcast. And I was like, maybe we need to start teaching. You know, we kind of assume everybody has, but maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Well, in the latest
2: Edison report, wasn't there something like the Zillennial or the Gen Z, I call them Zillennials, are, um, are they're the most, they're listening to the most podcasts of, out of anybody. I think that's one of the stats that I saw come out of that. So we may, you know, interesting to see, you know, if your podcast is, is talking to that, though, that age group, there may be uh, you know, that, that may be something to, to look at as far as an unreached audience, an, an untapped audience, so to speak. There's a lot of, yeah, there's good opportunities there.
0: Well, the the thing I just said we weren't going to talk about, we've got eight minutes left, so we can throw this in here since <laughs> since we're doing stats. Um, this is the creator study. And it was interesting. They surveyed 617 podcasters. And I was like, and I, I I heard Tom Webster on Podland say the reason they didn't like poll people at Podcast Movement is I guess they wanted the, I don't know, the, the not so serious podcaster, I, I guess in a way. But they showed, they compared a lot of this to the U.S. population, so shocking, a lot of dudes are podcasting. When there's 49% of the U.S. population is men, 69% are podcasting, so that's a little skewed. Uh, So again, we say women, there are 51% women in the U.S. population, 29% are podcasting, and 2% that are non-binary are podcasting. That seems crazy. That
2: that number, like, that's, I get it, but... I thought we were making better headway in this, in gender here in the United States.
0: Cause when yeah. I go to, when I go to events, it feels 50,
2: 50. Yeah. And so no, and Tom, I'm not, I'm not questioning your numbers, Tom, but, but it just, gosh, it's like, I thought we were doing better than that in the industry. I would have expected it to be closer to 50, 50 um, and maybe even a little bit more. I mean, I've been out on Twitter following podcasts, you know coach folks and uh, i follow a lot of women doing it so you know i don't know
0: i don't know that just seems a little um unusual yeah the largest age group right now is uh 25 to 34 followed by well it depends these kind of tied 35 to 44 and 18 to 24 but the interesting thing is 45 to 54 or actually let's go even higher um 55 plus is only two percent and it dawned on me. They talked about this on Podland. I started podcasting when I was forty, mm-hmm. and now I'm fifty-seven. So anybody else that started in two thousand five has quit if they were if they were in their forties. And I was like, eh, okay, that makes sense.
2: So um, that's a good number, though. That's surprising with that age group. That fifty-five plus. Yeah. Generally, you're in you know retirement type situation come on people got no time on your hands.
0: start telling people yeah. to get off your lawn it's time
2: <laughs> well i'm and i'm one year away from that i turned 54 this year and so i'll uh-huh. be joining you in you that go. category next year so hey listen we're the niche right i mean dave podcasters who are fifty five plus that's
0: a that's a super tight niche right there yeah drs these are the listeners is there a study showing how old the podcaster is that's what you're looking at this is the creators and I was like, interesting. So You at, said an N of 600,
2: right? Out 600, yeah. And
0: I was like, so I almost want to go to Podcast US Movement days. and go, can we do a poll at the end of Podcast Movement or PodFest when we got a couple thousand there? Uh, and again, you know, this is the way they do their stuff. I think it's one-on-one on the phone, if I remember right. So it's kind of hard to call a thousand people. And is this Tom's new gig? This is Tom's new gig. Sounds profitable, yeah. yeah. And this was... It was Tom working with Edison Research, and I forget some other people. Uh, it was sponsored by uh, PRX, Simplecast, Podbean, Podnews, Red Circle, Spreaker, Podcast Movement, Market Ingenuity. Ing- ing- sure, uh, ingenuity, ingenuity. Thank you. Wow, is that how that's spelled? Okay,
2: no, no, but it, that's, that's the way. Uh, they that's so what they it is.
0: I okay, think? and Ads Results Media. This is one that jumped out for some people that uh, the uh US population is 63% white and only 51% of podcasters are white. And I was like, "Wait, are you telling me we need more white people in podcasting?" I was like, "That seems uh uh but the Hispanic uh population has jumped up. So that's where the the actual population is 14%, the Hispanic um population is 24%. So that's Felix and the Latin podcast awards and they're, you know, the Brazil, I I've heard Todd talk about that. And if I, in my stupid whiteness, I, I want to guess that Brazil speaks Spanish or Portuguese. Portuguese, Portuguese. Okay. But would that be considered his? No, no. I see. I don't, I'm feeling very white and old right now.
2: It's a, it's a topic we probably don't want to, yeah. we don't want to, let's not do yeah. that. Yeah. So, let's
0: move on. um, education, uh, the, the largest one at an advanced degree which I'm guessing is a PhD, maybe masters. I mean, I've got a four year degree yeah. and I have a two year degree. Uh, usually
2: I think they consider anything uh, a four year degree and beyond. Done. Is, it,
0: yeah. So we got some smart people podcasting where the population is not looking I'm like sure it. it's
2: all footnoted in this report. If you want to get the, all the yeah. details,
0: um, podcasters, creators, 73% are full-time employed. And then a whole bunch, some are 3% are homemakers, 2% are retired. There's the get off my lawn crew. So that's a, that's that 2% 55 plus there. Um, income. What I would like to know here is not what their total income is, how much of this income is from their podcast. That's what I would like to know. But again, uh, it doesn't match the population. And mostly work from home is 45%, which I think everybody now is working from home. I, I, I Have fun getting them back in the office now that we're all doing that. Um, and then this, this was an interesting question. Creators actively drive workplace purchases. So I am i wasn't sure exactly what they were going for there unless you're, I guess you're an influencer at your job in a way. So that was interesting. Uh, what else do we have here? What does over-index? You're, you're a... You're a guy that works in, have you ever heard this phrase, creators heavily over-index, I guess, show up. In other words, there's a lot of Democrats podcasting, which either means, A, there are a lot of Democrats podcasting, or B, there are a lot of Republicans that are ashamed to say, I'm a Republican.
2: Yeah, I mean, that doesn't represent the U.S. population, yeah. I think, is is what they're trying to refer to there.
0: Yeah. Um, Jim, you can attest to this. Creators pass on the love of podcasts to their children, yeah. 66%. Yeah. Yes. So you've got your daughter. I know has got a podcast. Daughter
2: and son are thinking about it. They 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 really haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. So I, they're not there, but they they have expressed interest in it.
0: That's me. I have a niece that almost started a D and D podcast. The um, creators are active users of YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, WhatsApp, LinkedIn, Reddit, Clubhouse. Clubhouse is down at twenty four percent. They use, and this is the one that I'm. I keep seeing that Edison research is kind of bringing up as much as we all hate Facebook. There are plenty of people still using Facebook. And I know from me trying to move people to a different platform, they're not moving. So I think that's part of it. They like to uh, follow other podcasts on social media, which is again, just that whole community thing. And uh, they both, uh, I don't, do you own an iPhone and an Android device? I bet you do. Cause you're a nerd. I have both. Yes. Yeah. I have a, an Android pad around here somewhere. And do you listen to podcasts on smart speakers? No. Yeah. I listen to radio. The only time I listen to radio is I go into my kitchen and I ask the woman in the tube to play a local sports channel at which point I usually throw up in my mouth just a little bit because it's horrible. Um, the most often used podcast platform is Spotify. And I would love to know, I, that's what I would love to know, geographic data, because Spotify is much more popular in other countries, maybe in the, than the US, YouTube, and then the, uh, the podcast app. But I'll, uh, I'll put this link in the show notes if you want to check it out. It's uh it was interesting. I was like, hmm, okay, so we need more women in podcasting. We've been saying that for years. Um, I actually interviewed um Hilda, Holistic Hilda would be coming on the school of podcasting. So um and uh podcast creators listen to a few more podcasts than the average listener. But uh an interesting survey and thanks to uh Brian and Tom and everybody at Edison for uh putting that together. It uh, Gives you an idea of who's making content, I guess, in a way. So, but uh, now I, I, we'll see if I can. Uh, I don't even remember where this is. I need to find. There we go. I have to, to practice my pie reading so I can figure out when to. <laughs> My fader, but
2: anyway, well, that's an iMovie same in iMovie when you're rendering video, it's just a it's a pie, and you're like, oh, am I close or not? So you have to figure it out.
0: It's always fun, but uh, Jim, I know you're you're still kind of trying to figure out what to do with with or without a co-host. You got anything going on over at yeah. Home Gadget Geeks at this point? Uncle Marv, who's that generally is. out in chat, I, he's he's got a family
2: reunion this weekend, so he's he's a little tight up. But he joined me. Uh, he got a Mac. So we spent a little bit, he's a Windows guy and he got a Mac. So we spent a little time hmm. saying, asking why and what he's using it for and some of those kinds of things. So um, some interesting content
0: uh, out there. It'll be released a little bit later today out at theaverageguy.tv or you can go to home There we go. And on the School of Podcasting, I will be talking about the roadcaster again. So if you heard it here and then you hear it over there, it's because, well, uh, it's, it's a lot of content and I'm going to get the most out of it. A couple other things I'm I'm reviewing. It's going to be kind of more of a gear talk over there. And that's um, one of the things I'm, I'm really finding through this whole exercise is when you try really keeping things concise. And I thought about this today. Like I should have one sentence for every feature. Like preamps. Yes, they're better. Uh, you know, this and the, like everybody's talking about this cool producer mode where you can talk to like channel two can talk, ch- talk to channel six. And I'm like, yeah, that was in the old one. And you can edit the specifics of the effects. Yeah. That was in the old one. So I'm kind of, here's, here's what actually is new. Uh, and yes, it's faster to download stuff and things like that. So that'll be coming on the school of podcasting along with things like uh, podcaster studio pro, which is a software that you've seen me use here to organize my content and things like that. So I'm down to about an eighth of a pie. So I'm going to call it and say, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you again next week with another episode of Ask the Podcast Coach.